Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Fenway Rundown. This is Mass Lives Red Sox podcast, and I'm your host, Chris Cotillo. Very busy day for the Red Sox today as they bring back Alex Cora as the manager. Managerial search after a few weeks ends in just the way uh, I think a lot of us thought it would. So Alex Cora is back after eh, 10 months of uh, being unemployed. He served his one-year suspension uh, for Major League Baseball for his role in the sign-stealing scandal. And looks like by the end of the day we'll have an announcement uh, that he is officially the manager of the Red Sox again. So we have Chris Smith and Matt Votor, my two colleagues from Mass Live, and want to get their thoughts. So, Chris, your instant reaction, your gut feeling on this move to bring back Alex Cora. It wasn't surprising. I mean, I, I felt that Sam Fold had a real chance um, because of his connection to Bloom. And, you know, he's he's been with him in, with the Rays and has also has a connection to the area. But, you know, if, if Bloom was going to pick his own guy, that would have been his own guy. But as as Bloom said, you know, the, uh, um, you know, the end of year press conference or whenever they, you know, fired or let go of, of Renneke, he said, you know, it doesn't, it, being your guy, it doesn't have to be my guy. He said, you know, it's not, it, you know, sometimes you, you inherit some really valuable people. And obviously Cora was a really valuable uh, person, in this organization, really valuable member of this Boston organization, um, you know, the connection with the players, his ability to in-game manage, um, and, you know, they decided to go with him. Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, and this was a narrative that even I wrote about last night, that idea that Cora is going to have his backers in the ownership group, the front office, obviously the players, the fan base. I don't know how much that really mattered to them, but um, – Maybe it should have, and, and Bloom might have been the guy who goes rogue here, and ultimately, as the Red Sox said, he was the guy who um, was going to be making the final decision. I thought uh, there was a chance because of that that Sam Fold um, could be that guy. Matt, your thoughts? Yeah, I think it, I mean, I, I think I, I think you actually said it really well in in your column that um, that you'd be trying if you just chose not to hire Alex Cora, you'd be trying to find the next Alex Cora. And I mean, this is somebody that that checks all the boxes that he checked. Um, I think that uh, I think that you, you make this decision and it's defendable on on every level, and it's you know and has a really good chance of being successful. Alex Cora is a good manager, um, and if it doesn't work out, well, there's nobody really that you blame on that one because it made sense to do it. So I, I think um, I think that when you look at the core players that are in that that are in that. Um, clubhouse that you're hoping are the guys that are part of your, you know, your next wave of success. I, I, those guys respect and trust Alex Cora, and, mm-hmm. and I think that's it, when you're when you're trying to turn things around from the, you know, the 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 tire fire that was the 2020 season. I think that that's a to giving them somebody that they trust and can feel like they can rely on and feel like they'll thrive under is a is a good place to start. Yeah, I think what it comes down to for me, and and that was you know that phrase of they're looking for the next Alex Cora. I've written a few times now and tweeted, and then I believe it. But you know, and at some point in 2021, where the Red Sox going to be sitting here with Alex Cora and say, "Wow, you know what? I really wish we had Sam Fold." Probably not. <laughs> but could they be sitting here with Sam Fold or James Rouson or one of these other guys that you know they didn't know as much about and say? And we really wish Alex Cora was our choice. I think that was definitely possible. And when you look at through that lens, I think it was it was kind of an obvious choice. Um, 
I think an interesting piece of this, obviously, there has been some backlash. You know, there has been so far today um, from people saying, you know, they hired a cheater. I don't think there's that much of it within the fan base, but people around the league say, oh, you know, this guy uh, obviously was involved in some bad things in Houston and um, baseball bad things. It's, you know, not necessarily breaking the the, the law, but, um, you know, he was obviously at least partially involved in a cheating scandal. I think if, if – uh, Alex Cora was on here, he'd say that he was thrown under the bus a little bit and maybe dispute some of the findings and um, have a little bit of a different take. And I hope he does answer those questions, whether it's, you know, in a press conference setting or at some point, you know, I could see how he definitely would want to move on. But at the same time, I think um, he, at least from my understanding, might want to get his voice out there. And, and it's clear that in his limited comments, both to the Globe and to ESPN over the summer, that he feels like he was mistreated in, in the way that all came out. Um, you know, the backlash, I think, has been, you know, so far that, um, you know, teams are saying that the Red Sox, you know, hired a cheater. Our fans in other places are saying that there's going to be backlash around the league, as the Athletic reported at the end of the year. Um, it's just clear that, you know, the Red Sox, number one, either thought that that backlash would be worth it or um, number two, that uh, they didn't think that the that what went on in Houston was, you know, bad enough to deserve a punishment more than the one he got. I guess the question for you guys, what questions do you think Alex Cora needs to answer publicly on that topic? Do you feel like it has to be a topic of discussion? Do you feel like we've moved past it? Do you feel like it has to be the number one thing talked about during, say, an introductory Zoom? Yeah, you can go first, Matt. Oh, sure. I, I mean, I, I think um, I think it would help him to have a one, you know, have a, you know, say, I'm going to talk about this one time. I'm going to, I'll answer some questions. And get past it. I mean, it can it can simply be something as simple as uh, that the role that he's been cast in is an inaccurate one. That the things went on in Houston, and there, he had behavior that he regrets. But anything that portrays him as the mastermind is inaccurate and and a, a mischaracterization mm -hmm. of, of what happened. And I think anybody that read that, you know, that Wall Street Journal article, and, and for me, the thing is that Wall Street Journal article is behind a paywall. And I think that really hurts Alex Cora because yeah. I think a lot of people that would have read that story that aren't Wall Street Journal readers, because you, you know, that's not a, let's face it, that's not a publication you think to go to for sports mm -hmm. generally. And I think, I think and that, extremely complicated and tough to aggregate as the person who did that <laughs> well and it, it was a story and so it was a story that really showed just how intricate and complex the astros sign stealing stuff was and there's no way alex core is barely mentioned in that and so to look at him and say yeah well he's the uh He's the mastermind behind. That's ridiculous. He's not close to that. Mm -hmm. And and I, I think really to uh, that I think people that do that did read that or at least you know at least read your excellent aggregation that that, that uh, you work so hard on. Um, right. I think that that real I think realize that. Um, but as as we're all well aware that there, that people consume their news sometimes in 240 characters as long as it's free, and that's I don't think that you know I, I think in in um, in Cora's case, I, I think that I think that that hurts him. I, I don't think for, and I, mean, I, I read a lot about this. I've been an Alex Cora defender, especially since then. I think suspending people for a year for sign stealing, you know, from a bench standpoint, was stupid anyway. Especially he, him being the bench coach. But 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 uh, yeah, I do. I, th I think uh, I think it would help him to answer it 
to say that it, that it's been wild, wildly exaggerated, and certainly his role has been, has been that. It, it, you know, assuming all of that is true, but it would seem that way based on that article. And knowing the Red Sox, and I know Chris, you're going to want to say something on this. They're going to say, "All right, you're just going to say, you know, that's behind this, and I'm looking forward to the future, and it's going to be unsatisfactory." But they're they seem pretty comfortable with those kind of non-answers in these environments. Yeah, and they'll probably tell Alex Gorder to say that. Um, but, you know, I mean, I just read the Astros report again uh, for an article that I did on, you know, how was Alex Gore really involved or, or how did what did what did MLB conclude? And, you know, they name him as, you know, Manfred's report names him as the only real non-player to be involved in it. And then you go to the Wall Street Journal, as Matt pointed out, and the front office started this code breaker thing. And then you go to comments that Joe Kelly made in August where he said, you know, that they, they pretty the players pretty much threw him under the bus. They 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 used him as the scapegoat. They used AJ Hinch as the scapegoat. And basically if you knew what really happened, you'd hate the players more. That's yeah. basically what they what he said. And, and yeah. opposing players hate the players. They don't really seem to hate Cora and Hinch that much comparatively. Yeah. Like. Yeah. So, so like, um, so I think you, you look at it and the initial, you know, I mean, the, you know, there was the initially they had in the report, it's all like, you know, Alex Cora started it because, you know, he, he started it at the beginning of the season when he was calling back or using a watch in a cell phone to relay signals from the, the replay room. And then two months later, the players decide, Oh, we're going to do this elaborate scheme where there's a center field camera and a, and a trash can, and and then Core, you know, was the one that masterminded all that. He he organized it, but in reality, you know, there there's more to the story from what you hear from you know from what you read with the Wall Street Journal, from what you hear from those other players, and I think that ownership, um, Bloom, in ownership should give him the opportunity to explain and say, you know, I think that I was, you know, I, if he thinks that he was thrown under the bus a little bit, they should give him the opportunity to do that. But I don't know if they will. Right. And that'll be, you know, something we find out probably early next week. Indications are we're recording this uh, mid Friday afternoon that the Red Sox are hopeful about an announcement today. That means the contract will be done. And then I would guess personally that the uh, zoom press conference, the introductory reintroductory press conference would probably be, on Monday. Um, let's talk about the process a little bit because it's something that we've all been focused on really for the last few weeks or months since Ron Renneke was fired. Um, the Red Sox talked to nine candidates. Uh, I think uh, when I look at the field, I look at the seven of them as relative unknowns, mostly bench coaches. Uh, I think Will Venable was a third base coach and Skip Schumacher with the Padres was an associate manager, whatever. I don't know what that means, but um, it's one of these new titles. Um, other than that, there was a bunch like of bench Chief coaches. baseball officer? Yeah. Well, well, there was a bench coach and an associate manager, so I don't know exactly what the breakdown is in San Diego, but um, they made the playoffs, so it worked. But um, you know, when you look at the rest of these guys, there were seven candidates who had never managed in the big leagues and didn't have an obvious connection to Heimblum or the Red Sox. Um, you know, None of those seven played for the Red Sox. None of those seven had coached for the Red Sox. Um you know, and, and I think out of that group, the one that kind of made some sense to me was Luis Urieta, who was the bench coach in Arizona, someone who had interviewed for the job that Ron Renneke had gotten in January. So he, him to me was identified as a candidate that uh, could have a chance. Then as it got rolling a little bit, um, kind of the secret candidate that ended up 
coming out with Sam Fold, who we've talked about, the Phillies front office executive, former Ray, has that relationship with Haim. He's from New Hampshire. He seemed to check a lot of boxes and have a lot of fans around baseball. And as of even Thursday or Wednesday night, people were saying, you know, I think telling me that he had a legit shot at it. Um, but when you really take a step back, and I try to do this in my analysis today, about how this was inevitable, like the Red Sox took uh, Heimblum and Brian Halloran took John Henry's charter down to Puerto Rico to meet with Alex Cora. And to me, that kind of says it all. Um, you know, they were going through the motions kind of with everybody else. I had somebody um, with some knowledge of the process tell me the other day it was all eyewash and an exercise to try to make it seem like this wasn't a done deal. Um, and, and indications in a lot of reports. I know the Globes reported that it really was a sincere process. They had a lot of debate, but um, I just don't see a way where this ended in any other outcome. And, and I'll let you guys, starting with Chris, uh, give me your feelings on that. I mean, at any point, and I, I will say that there was one point where I thought Fold had a legitimate shot. I wouldn't have said he was necessarily the favorite. Um, but at any point, did you think that this is not be would not be exactly where we end up? Yeah, and I think that you have to look at it this way. And I wrote it today. It's just that you know Fold's a great candidate, and there's other great candidates, and they all would connect with the players well. I'm sure. And you know, when you look at Cora and the way that he connects with players, you know. Eduardo Rodriguez, he challenged him. He got him to another level. The way, you know, the first step, you know, in in in, in uh, Xander Bogart's defense, you know, and and making him a better defender. Um, you can get coaches that can do that, and that the and the players will swear by. Um, but do, do you have a guy that can also, you know, manage under pressure? We don't know that about, you know, Sam Folt. Uh, we don't know. Is what his in-game decisions will be. Um, we don't know that for any of the candidates because they're all inexperienced. They all didn't play. I mean, they all haven't managed yet. With Core, you've got a guy that you saw him during the 2018 playoffs. You know, unlike with what Kevin Cash did this post this uh, past postseason with Blake Snell, you know, Core went beyond the analytics third time through the order sent david price back out in that game he sent him out for the seventh and eighth inning he also i mean you know you look at kenley jansen with uh with dave roberts you know he blew what game three or game four of that series mm-hmm. you, know, you look at it and alex core made all the right decisions where you know uh craig kimbrell was struggling and he went to uh, chris sale to close he used Rick the, yep, the rover. All these guys, yeah, we use them all as setup men too, and, and use them, you know, in an interesting, aggressive way. And so you could you can get a guy, you know, that will connect with players, that will have these same connection with players, and that's the most important thing for a manager now. But you also you also don't know with those other guys how they would be able to handle it, and. You know, this team eventually is going to go back to the postseason, and Cora has proven that he can you know, do the job in the postseason. Yeah, and I'll just say before Matt gives his take on that, I mean, it just didn't seem to me like it was a, uh, a situation where, you know, the front office was dictating the moves. I mean, with it seemed like the Rays were all on the same page about, you know, Blake Snell doesn't go um, this far or whatever in games. And that seems like that's something that was preordained from the front office. It, to me, Dave Dombrowski had very little say in Alex Gore's in game moves. I'm sure he talked with the analytics staff and he talked to those people all the time, but um, you know, those, those decisions were, as it seemed to us, I think, 
you know, 100% cores at the end of the day. Yeah, and, and actually, when you say that, it's like, well, if, if you hire Alex Cora, at the end of the day, he has the experience where he's won a World Series, and they're gonna they're probably gonna say to him, you know, if you if you think a guy can go the third time through the order and you feel comfortable and he's rolling, go with it. If if, if the analytics don't say exactly, you don't have to dictate towards the analytics. But with an inexperienced guy, you know, like Sam Folds, who's never been in the postseason before. He's probably going to have it all written up and, you know, do it exactly, you know, have a game plan exactly and as as the front office tells him to. And so, you know, you I don't you know, you have some flexibility with core. You have that ability, whereas maybe with another guy, they'd be just be doing what, you know, with what uh, Kevin Cash did with the front office and making his decisions. Wouldn't wouldn't the the very concept of Sam Fold make you a little nervous for a guy that's job is the director of <clears throat> integrative <laughs> baseball performance and that he hasn't been on a bench before, you know, in that, in that scenario, like, like I like the, if you're going to hire one of those other guys as a, that has been a bench coach, they're, they're a lot more privy to the, the decision of the moment. And so I, if I'm Sam Fold and want to be a manager, my next step is, is to be somebody's bench coach and, and learn how to utilize your understanding of the analytics with your feel for the game at the same time. And there's, a, there's no reason to think that he can't be that guy. But it seems like right now, especially given the, what you're being asked to do in Boston, that that's a that that's a you know coming from that position and, and we you know we can joke about it being made up and it, it probably kind of is it it's not the it's not a the this a step that you go to to become a manager most of the time and you know core had been a bench coach before he was hired he'd been uh he'd uh worked in a, a capacity for for the uh for team puerto rico he had some. He he had seen baseball from a lot of different angles in a way that I think has really served him well. And and Sam Fold is by all accounts a really smart guy and can, will probably do this well at some point. But if you're putting him in that job right now, you need him not to make a lot of first-time manager mistakes mm -hmm. because he's going to be judged against Alex Cora. He's going to be judged against. You know, because Red Sox have generally had veteran guys have you know the guys that that are have have you know have been in that that moment before whether it's as a manager or as a bench coach but for for full that would that would have been a really big ask now this now going through this process his name is out there in a way that it never was before. I, I, you know, if, if Bloom is really fond of him, he helped Sam Fold along the way, even though he didn't hire him. Right. And that's true. And, and obviously, and I thought one point where I thought, you know, there's a chance here with Fold is Alex Spear is obviously very plugged in. I quoted an anonymous big league source, um, probably someone who was in Tampa at some point saying um, Fold and Bloom were really tight during their time together in the Rays. And, and that, you know, to me says a lot. Uh, something that people have brought up, um, the bench coach for Alex Cora. I don't know why people are caught up on this. They never are. People didn't know who Ron Renicki was before he was the manager. Um, Smith, I know you have some theories on this, but I don't think it's going to be Sam Fold. I don't think it's going to be Ron Renicki. Um, are you in the same camp there? Ramon Vasquez, Carlos Fable is one of those guys. Yeah, I think it will probably be Vasquez. Um, Peter Gammon's already indicated it a couple weeks ago. You know, obviously they're really good friends. Um, Ramon Vasquez and, and Alex Cora, 
and Ramon is actually managing the Puerto Rico team, the winter ball team that Alex Core managed in previous years this winter. And, um, you know, he'll have Jaron Duran there, whatever. So what I'm, what I'm thinking is will probably be him or Carlos Fabulous. But if you're going to, I mean, I don't think that Ron Renneke, um is an option right now. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Um, but, you know, I don't think that he'd probably want to come back. Uh, that's my just my opinion, my gut feeling on that. Yeah. Don't have any information. Um, and, but, you know, I mean, Bold might be a good candidate. That He would be an interesting candidate, you know, and, and uh, he's a very likable guy. And, you know, and, and the players would really like him. And, you know, he could add to a coaching staff that, that's already a very likable coaching staff with the players. Yeah, I, I just think Renicky too awkward to go back to that second chair again. And even there's some of that probably with Fold, too, that I didn't get this job. Why would I want to play second fiddle? But I, I say, you know, Vasquez, Fablace, and um, at some point I, I see Alex bringing Joey Cora onto the staff at some point later in his career, but not not quite yet um, because obviously they're extremely close and, and Joey has a ton of managerial or a ton of coaching experience um, in, in Pittsburgh and before that with the White Sox. Um, I think something that's kind of going not under talked about is that this whole process, the way the other teams did it really just played into, you know, the Red Sox favor here. I mean, you had two other teams, you had a really, really good job in Chicago and they decided to consider a candidate that nobody else would ever consider and hire Tony La Russa. Um, you know, if, if they don't consider Tony La Russa, maybe they hire Alex Cora. If they hire, if the White Sox hire AJ Hinch, Maybe the Tigers really make a push for Alex Cora. So when you know those dominoes fell and they fell in quick succession because it was clear once Det- once Detroit realized that Chicago was going with Larusa, they were going to get Hinch, and then it was going to be this one um, one chair left in the musical chairs game that these teams were playing. Uh, I think that's you know and I'll let Matt speak on this. Like that's kind of not been talked about enough, but um, it was kind of a stars aligning thing for the Red Sox and Alex Cora again. You're right. Boy, the Tony La Rosa hire, that's going to go down as one of the worst hires you've, you've ever seen. And not just because he's, he's as old as he is and he's been out as long as he is, but this is a, this is a White Sox team. It's a, that's a really fun baseball team that, that plays the game with a you know, ton of spirit and things. And you're bringing back a guy that like complain, complained about guys uh, swinging three, three and oh, guys somebody that's complained about bat flips a guy that's been sort of a i mean he's been a tea party guy and a glenn beck guy and you're you're putting him on a on a team that um that has a lot of like latinx players that's not a great mixture in terms of trying to uh trying to find something that, that that seems like a a natural fit. I, I looked at the White Sox from from the beginning, and first of all, I was surprised they they fired Rick Renteria. But I thought, boy, if you could get Alex Cora on that team, he's he's a perfect fit for for you know handling the the pressure of baseball in the city of Chicago to have a, a, a group of young, really talented players that would look at him and 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 see a guy that has been successful before and can trust them to take him to the next level. I think he'd have been outstanding for the White Sox. And honestly, given the given the young talent they have, I, I think that was probably a better job. He, I mean, I don't, I don't know what you know mm-hmm. where where he sits on it, but that that might have been a great gig for him. 
and so you're right. The, the fact that the White Sox went another way, and then the, the Tigers went, for, you know, went with the Tigers went with AJ Hinch. I think helped too because it, he now the Red Sox are not the first team hiring somebody with with Astro scandal stink on him. You know that that the Tigers went there first, and so now it's it's just the common like okay, hey, this is happening now. And right. so um, it, it is. It's it's it's. Uh, I, I think you. I think you're absolutely right. Things worked out perfectly for for the Red Sox to to make that happen again. Uh, I'll end with this because I wanted this to be a shorter episode because I know we all have writing to get to still um, an analysis and there'll probably be an announcement coming out at some point this afternoon. But um, when we do talk to Alex Cora and Heim Bloom, and I think that's coming on Monday, uh, what's one thing you want to hear from each of those guys? I'll start with Chris. Why do you start with Matt? And I'll think about it. <laughs> All right. Chris is counting on the fact that either I will have thought about it already or I don't need to think about it to, <laughs> in order to speak. Either one of those things can be true. Um, I would like to – you're asking what I would like to hear from Haim Bloom and what I would like to hear from Alex Cora. Is it, was, that the, uh, yeah. was that the question? From Haim Bloom, I would like to, to hear him state why he thought Cora was the, the right choice. Because, and not necessarily – because – I think a lot of people think that the, that Cora was that this was a management call to hire Cora, and that Hyam Bloom just had to go along with it. Whereas I don't know, I don't know that that's true, and, and so I'd be curious to hear just how genuine and sincere he sounds on that topic. It, it is I'm I'm as interested in the tone as I am the words on that. Um, for Alex Cora and and something I'll, I'm I'm writing now for for tomorrow, um, I'm curious how he'll be different this time. And I'm writing I'm not sure that I think he should be different. I I, I think a lot of people would look at a, the situation that he's in, and human nature would be to be to be a little more toned down, a little a little bit more. Um, Alex Cora, I think one of the things that made him successful is he's both smart. And a little cocky in a in a way that was that was really good. Like he trusted himself and that, that his moves were gonna work. And I think that that rubbed off on his players in a really positive way. And I think going through what he went through, some people wouldn't come back as 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 self-assured as as I think he generally is. And I think he needs to still be that guy. I think he still needs to uh, to trust himself and um, and obviously he's got to be careful not to put himself in any, any sort of scandalous situation. But beyond that, I, I, I think he, uh, I don't think he owes anybody anything. He, mm-hmm. I think he got a bigger suspension than he, than he deserved. And I think he, he should, should feel like he, that, uh, he's got a chip on his shoulder or something to prove. Yeah. And Chris, now that you've thought about it. Yeah, I guess, you know, why does Alex score want to come back? First of all, I mean, you know, he's hinted that he would want to do different things and, you know, the Red Sox did let him go when there was no evidence yet and there ended up being no evidence about him being involved in the 2018 thing with the Red Sox. So the decision was based solely on the 2017 and what he did as a bench coach for the Astros, not in the Red Sox organization. And I know that, you know, he was going to get suspended for that for a year, but you know, why does he want to come back after, you know, they kind of pushed him out like that. And also with, you know, with Bloom, um, in the others, you know, how, how much involvement did, and I don't know if we'll ever get an answer to that, really, um, but how much involvement did ownership, how, how often was ownership, uh, Kennedy, 
you know, different guys talking to Bloom about Alex Cora and other candidates. And, you know, ultimately what made him decide on, as, as Matt said, I think already, what made him decide on Alex Cora, you know, as opposed to a guy that he was extremely close with, as you said, uh, you know, Sam Fold in Tampa. So, um, you know, in, you know, does their relationship also, I mean, they had some time together previously and, you know, and so does that factor in as well? So, um, you know, before, you know, between when Bloom was hired and when Corridor was let go. So, you know, I just think it's an interesting thing. I, I don't think we'll ever really know who's, who's, you know, call it was, or if, if Bloom felt pressure to hire Cora. Um, but, you know, hopefully we can get to the bottom of it a little bit. And as Matt said, with the way that Bloom answers things, you can know, you know, with the way he, he actually responds to these questions. Yeah, and I'll end with this. I think to really get to the bottom of that puzzle, we need to hear from and speak to and ask questions to somebody that we have not heard from since um, February, which is John Henry. I strongly doubt he will be on this call because um, he has not said anything publicly in months and months and months, but um, I think it would be very useful for the Red Sox to make him available. And if you really want to get to the bottom of this decision, which is clearly a very newsworthy one, I think John Henry would be the guy to go to. Personally, I feel like, you know, a couple things I think um, ownership obviously was going to push. And even even if they were going to say, oh, Heim, this is your call to make, and even if they were going to stay out of it, um, you know, John Henry still let the muses plane to go down to, to Puerto Rico. And I'm sure that in the back of Heim's head, for his own job security and his own future, he thought, these guys are really going to like if I bring Alex Cora back. That's the news of the day. Alex Cora is back as the Red Sox manager. That's Chris Smith and Matt Votor. I'm Chris Cotillo. Um, plenty more to come, what should be a crazy busy offseason for the Red Sox, and it's off to a busy start so far.